Yes, that Vuvuzela sound means it is World Cup qualifying time once again. I am Jake or Ultra, joined tonight, as always, by my partner in crime, Darby. Darby, how are you doing tonight? I am exhausted and drinking bourbon, so it may be a saucy episode. Those are only good things. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, the way I see it. Um, so, of course, uh, unless you've been living under a rock, this is USA-Mexico week. Officially, we are here. It is in a new stadium that is not Columbus Crew Stadium for the first time in a while. It is not a must win, but a win would be incredibly helpful. Uh, even a draw would be useful. A loss would make things a lot harder. Um, but, you know, let's see what happens. Uh, historically, this is a game that has broken pretty well for the U.S. in the U.S. recently up until the last cycle. You know, you had the Dosa Cero game. So that was historically you know a big advantage it kind of became our version of the azteca uh they kept the game in ohio which i think was the right decision and moved it to cincinnati which i also think was the right decision however a part of me still wishes they would hold it at historic cruise stadium because there's just something very special about that place so darby first question out the gate for you before we get too in depth of anything, how are you feeling going into the Mexico match? I mean, I'm I'm feeling semi confident. Like I I really feel like that the these last couple of games, a couple of things have started to click in a couple of ways that were not that. Um. Like they, they didn't work necessarily in that match, but I think like we're dialing in. Like we're 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 to the right, we're to the left, we're to the right, we're to the left a little more, and and we may settle into a middle good spot in this game that is gonna um that's gonna feed some confidence into the team that's gonna carry on through the rest of uh all of this qualifying through the start of twenty twenty two, um if we can get dialed in. No, I think you're absolutely right. Um, I still have some concerns. I still believe they have yet to play a full game from start to finish. Uh, They've come close. Uh, The Costa Rica match did not leave me feeling super great. I felt okay about the team afterwards. Um, I get they've been through a lot. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I still think Greg Berhalter is the wrong guy to lead this team. Um, but I don't get paid to make those decisions. And obviously a bad window here. Um, you know, realistically, you lose against Mexico. Jamaica on the road becomes a must win. Like, it's that simple. You lose that game. I think Greg Berhalter gets fired. 
I mean, I, I you're right. Like, I definitely also think that we're still in a winning despite Burhalter. I don't necessarily think that we are in a place where our coaching is is going to lead us to a place of victory. I I think it's the players. I think it's the system. I don't think it's the coach. Um, and and yeah, like I'm not one that that calls on coaches to get fired regularly, but Houston just suffered our own coach loss. So like, I'm ready for it. (laughs) So we have a roster. Um, We'll go through it. So goalkeepers, Sean Johnson, Zach Steffen, Matt Turner. I think you absolutely go with Matt Turner here. I do not think Zach Steffen helped his case at all in the Costa Rica match. I think he looked terrible. Um, I think when you sit on the bench at Manchester City, that's what happens. Um, so I think to me, the obvious choice is Zach or sorry, is Matt Turner. I do not think you put Zach Steffen in for the Mexican game. Where are you at, Darby? I absolutely agree. That's that's the way that we've got to go. Yeah, um, I mean, I just think that I think he's earned it. Yeah, I, I think he's earned it, and and like you said, I I don't think that the uh, that the last match was something that gives anybody any confidence um, in any other choice. Correct. Uh, for our defenders, you of course have Reggie Cannon, Mark McKenzie, Chris Richards, Anthony Robinson, Miles Robinson, Joe Scally, who is making his debut of the team. Uh, Sam Bynes, DeAndre Yeldlin, and Walker Zinneman. Any surprises there for you, Darby? I don't think any surprises. I'm I'm somewhat excited to see what Joe Scally is going to bring uh, to that back line and if he's going to get an opportunity. Um, I think it's more likely that we're going to stick with... Um, some of the tried and trues in uh, in our match against Mexico. I think Scally may have an opportunity uh, if things go well in Mexico to show up for Jamaica. Um, you know, I think Anthony Robinson has got to be there. Well, I mean, we'll, who knows? We'll, we'll see what, what Berhalter has, has in, in mind, but I think that we've got to go with some, uh, some veterans. We've got to go with some folks that have played together recently. Um, it is no time on the defensive side to make any uh, surprise uh, choices that are, are going to be out of, out of step with the system that's been working. Agree entirely. On to the midfield. You have Kellen Acosta, who is back. Tyler Adams. Uh, Giancarlo Buzio. Uh, Sebastian Leggett, Weston McKinney, who again is also Beck, Eunice Musa, and Kristen Roldan. Any surprises there for you? I mean, no, no surprises. I really feel like that, um, you know, Weston McKinney being back is still kind of a thing, but he's also uh, somebody that we need against Mexico, I think. So, um, Kellen Acosta. I am not Kellen Acosta's biggest fan, um, but you can't argue with the results that he can sometimes 
that with the magic that he can sometimes create from the midfield. Agreed. Um, I think that if Weston McKinney was another player who was not incredibly talented, he wouldn't be on the roster. But the fact remains that we are a much better team with him than without him. And to beat Mexico, we're going to need all hands on deck. Yeah, it's it's definitely not a time uh, like there. There are often times where I will put principle above performance. Um, the fact that I'm not jumping around with my hair on fire, waving my hands wildly about the fact that Sebastian Letget is still regularly called up and and a part of this U.S. squad. Um, despite his recent racist behavior, um, you know, it's, yeah, people suck and, and people need to be held accountable, but also, um, I really, really want to see the USA do well this world cup qualifying. Um, and so I'm just going to sit down and shut up and, uh, mumble racist under my breath. (laughs) My stance on it is really look. A lot of these guys have been called out. They've said they've changed. Whether or not they have is another story. Um, When it comes to qualifying, sure, all hands on deck. I don't believe they should be rewarded with a World Cup spot. I think that, sure, to get there, 100% bring in who you get. If we make it, I think that principal then has to come in. Um, and either at that point, that is a year and a half away at this point, literally no a year, we're a year out at that point, they've either changed enough to have made up for the mistakes, or if they're still causing issues, they shouldn't be on the world cup roster, especially in Qatar. Right. I, I do expect let get to get, um, to get some playing time against Mexico and, uh, given given the um, given the racist behavior that he exhibited, um, I think that it will be an excellent opportunity for him to show that he is uh, saying and doing the right things, um, and and maybe some Mexico players or fans will get um, some some chance or some jabs in about it. We'll see how that goes. And for those of our listeners who don't remember what Sebastian Leggett did, why don't you just give a very quick summary on what happened? Um, it, I, I believe it was on an Instagram post. It was a, it was an online, some sort of social media video. And um, the, the, the chant that all of Mexico is constantly in trouble um, and being sanctioned for using uh, as a, as a nation uh, he used personally, uh, calling one of his friends that particular slur and um and and yeah and and thought it reasonable enough to then turn around and take that video and post it on social media um you know he tried really hard to say like oh i'm so sorry i i didn't realize it was a problem my friends call each other that all the time and it's like sir you play professional soccer you you know the drama around that word and that and and that chant like there is no chance that you didn't know that it was a slur 
and weren't a comfortable using it and be comfortable turning around and posting that video on social media. Um, you really thought that there was nothing at all wrong with that word. And um, I hope that you've learned everything that you claim to have learned because we're, we're not using those homophobic slurs anymore, sir. So get with the program. It's no. called soccer. You're new here. Yeah. I mean, like the fact that he looked at it and then decided, yeah, this is fine. Creating a problem on his own, because if he had just kept the video to himself, odds are nobody finds out. Like, look, here's, here's my honest belief. And this is going to not sound great, but this is my honest belief. What you do behind closed doors with your friends is between you and your friends, right? It's on your friends to call you out if they feel uncomfortable. But if you and your friends have that kind of a relationship, okay. However, however, and this is the big however, if you bring it to a public domain, then you are absolutely endorsing it publicly. And that is where I draw the difference. Like, look, I have friends who I'm very close with who we who will jokingly sometimes like call me a fag. Right. And I don't love it, but I'm close enough with them to know when they say it. It's like in a joking, loving way because we're reclaiming the word and they're gay. Like, so it comes from a different place. But I would never post a video of them calling me that. Right. Because that's what happens behind closed doors in our own space. So I'm perfectly like, I don't want to say accepting, but more lenient with whatever these professional players do behind closed doors, as long as they are not hurting anybody. But the second you bring it to a public domain, that in my view is an endorsement. And that's when we get into an issue like, you know, a Mexico fan in his room, like screaming at the TV, angry about a play, chanting, you know, fag. Okay, I don't love that, but that's different from 80,000 people at the Azteca publicly chanting it where everybody can see and the Mexican Federation doing nothing. And I just believe that, you know, it's okay to acknowledge those differences, but you, in order to accept those differences, you have to acknowledge that they are different because you cannot go, Oh, well I was with my friends, but I posted it online and then claim you were with your friend. Cause that's a public endorsement for everybody to see. That's my opinion. Right. And, and the fact that he thought like, cause you don't just post stuff online. Like here's a piece of my day. It's, Here's a piece of my day that I think is interesting enough and funny enough to put on the internet. And when he posted that, he knew what he said and he thought it was funny or entertaining enough or whatever. And, and yeah, it, it was a poor choice to. Right. And do. you know, mm. go ahead, Darby. I was just going to say to, to have posted it and then to try to take the stance of, well, I didn't know it was a problem or I didn't realize that that was a pro like that's I, that is always and has been the real sticker for me through everything is saying you didn't know it was a problem is not like that's not viable. Like you've 
played soccer long enough. You've got the right kind of friends. You knew it was a problem. Um, and you chose to do it anyway and post it. Yeah. <laughs> no, agreed. Um, and I think that's that's where we run into the difference, right? If he had come out and said, you know what, look, um, yes, this was me and my friends. However, I acknowledge what I said. And I, quite frankly, shouldn't have shared this publicly and came out and completely disavowed the word and then made a donation to an LGBTQ charity. I think it would have gone over way smoother. But the claim you don't know what you said. Why would you be saying it to your friends if you don't know what you said? Like, obviously, you know, the connotation of the word. You have 33 caps uh, on the U.S. team. You have played in L.A. So you are well versed with this community. Like, you know what you said. So you, at a certain point, you just have to bite that bullet. And you know what? Acknowledge. Yeah. I fucked up. This is on me. Let me just say that, like, I shouldn't have shared it. Um, and if you want to say, like, you know, it's just my friends and we talk like this, fine. But that needs to be immediately followed up by. However, this shouldn't have been shared publicly because that's an endorsement. Right. And and yeah, I so mean, we didn't even make it all the way through the the lineup before going off on a social media rant. So. Um, yeah, Darby is on the bourbon. That's fine because Ultra's on the meds. So we are doing great. Uh, so forwards, um, we got Brendan Aronson, uh, Paul Ariola, who I assume will get injured in the Mexico match, as has become tradition for Paul Ariola in the U.S. qualifying. Uh, Jesus Veria, Ricardo Pepe, aka National Treasure. Uh, Christian Pulisic, who Chelsea is going to have a conniption if he plays, and Timothy Way. Thoughts on that, Darby? Um, I'm 100% with you on the Paul Air. Like, it's literally like he understands the assignment. Like, Berhalter Ber knows he's got to call him up to get hurt against Mexico. Um, like, it's just... It's almost the same level of tradition that you were looking for in uh taking the game back to the other stadium like that's just it's what we've got to do like we're playing we're going to ohio we're playing mexico where's paul Ariola? let's let's get hurt um <laughs> first five minutes go over tackle pull your hamstring do your yeah. job paul good job yeah you knew the assignment um and yeah peppy i I've said it before. I'll say it again. I love him so much as a U.S. player. I hate him so much in Mexico or um, in Mexico. I hate him so much in Dallas. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see what he's going to do against Mexico. And and yeah, Pulisic I think is going to get like 15 minutes at the end of the match, and um, and and they'll they'll line up like. Uh, American football style uh, to try to keep him safe and, and apart from any Mexico defenders um, because we're just protecting, you know, at Pe Pepe's the real national treasure. Pulisic is the one that um, he's, he's the, Oh, he's our, our uh, number one export. Like that's, that's yeah. what he is and we've got to protect him, but we also have to parade him out in front of the people from time to time. Basically. 
Um, so, you know, uh, that's a pretty good breakdown. Um, notably not on the roster, Sergio Dent, um, because of many reasons. I believe he's injured. And I believe Joshua Sargent was also left off. Yep. Um, and I don't know if that was an injury or because of his performance. So I don't know either. And I've, I have appreciated Sargent's performances, especially, I mean, there's nothing like a fiery ginger (laughs) running around. Yeah. I don't think he's been very good. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, in the last couple of matches, you're right. Um, but he had some good moments, I think, in the first the the first qualifying week. Um, but he did fall off. I don't know if he fell off far enough to to get cut completely, but we shall uh we shall see if he is missed. Yeah. So we cannot just call players up to the national team because they're cute, Darby. Right, even if they are ginger like i it's like oh I've, I've had a bad ginger experience in relationships oh no i oh, i appreciate boy. What have their I done? fiery nature generally but no gin, d- dating gingers never again <laughs> never again don't do it <laughs> yeah Speaking of Josh Sargent, apparently he did not have a good time in his uh, Norwich City debut. He apparently missed two wide open tap-ins. So maybe that's why he is not on the roster. I mean, like, let's let's not get spicy and think about teams missing wide open opportunities. Wide open. Listen, all right. See, now you've done it. So now I'm just, I'm going to give a shout out to Nashville real quick. Nashville, if y'all could do me a favor and learn how to hit a fucking empty net, that would be fantastic. And here's why, okay? Because DC United had like to have everything go right. Like, I mean, everything go right. And two out of those three things did go right. You know what didn't go right? You idiots could not hitting an empty net. Not once, not twice, not three times, but seven times. Like, I don't ask for much, Nashville. I ask you to show up. I ask you for the Titans to beat the Colts. And I ask you to score once in a while at home. It's not that hard. It's not. It's not that hard. And I'm so angry that I am boycotting everything from Nashville. And to further notice, because... I just, I don't understand. And we're not talking about like, oh, these are tough shots. These are literally like peewee soccer players could have scored. I mean, look, if we're being like honest, like 95-year-old grandmothers on walkers could have scored. It's not hard, Nashville. It's wide open net. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm a little moody about Nashville, like a tiny bit. I'm not salty, but I'm a little moody. Anyways, sorry. Are you real sure? Because at this point, the number one thing that DC United needs to do is put out some DC United branded sidewalk salt. Because you fans, I'm not salty. You fans are so salty. And I'm not it's, salty. It, you know, we're getting into the chilly season. It's time to start stocking up on your sidewalk salt. And the I know branded salt. The Houston go. fan is not calling me salty. I know that is not coming out of Houston. 
I fully accept where I am at the bottom of the table and I'm grateful to the Eastern Conference for keeping us off of the wooden spoon. Look, all I'm saying is if Montreal had won, it would have been an easier pill to swallow. But it's not like Nashville didn't have their chances. They just fucking suck. Like, that's that's it. Like, they're bad. It's not like, you, you know, like you and me could have hit these goals. And I have a mitochondrial disability and you're drinking bourbon. So, like, you know, I, I, I'm literally speechless at the gall and of audacity of Nashville it, conspiring with the league to fuck over DC United. It's a conspiracy. I 100% believe this was orchestrated and the Red Bulls had no business getting in. Who wants an MLS playoff with an energy drink sponsor? I'm just saying it's all on Nashville, not on DC at all. We definitely didn't leave any points on the table. It was 100% Nashville's inability to finish, which apparently is a running trend in Nashville. I mean, the audacity. Ultra clutching their pearls about it. Like, oh. I'm just, I'm not salty. I'm just a tiny bit moody. I am not even angry in the slightest. I'm just slightly moody about Nashville's inability to perform. It is not that big of an ask. You know, all I'm saying is, Maybe before your first playoff game, learn how to shoot the ball. Just a slight suggestion. Otherwise, your ass is going to be at home with us. There you go. Good job. Anyways, back to the U.S. soccer. Back to Um, U.S. soccer. Yeah, back to U.S. soccer. Drink that bourbon. So, yeah, um, that's the roster. We play Mexico at home. Um. There is no easy way to say that, like, this is a game that we got to win. Um, Mexico is coming up with a loss and a friendly to Ecuador. So there's that. Um, They got a draw with Canada. And they got a draw with Panama. This is a winnable game for the U.S. It's at home. In front of what is assuredly going to be a raucous crowd. It always is for Mexico. I am bringing my boyfriend for our anniversary. Uh, We are. He is indulging me. And letting me drag him to his first World Cup qualifier. In the AO section for USA Mexico. And then we are flying immediately back to DJ on Saturday night. So it's going to be fun. Uh, Head to head recently, six wins for the U.S., four draws and five wins for Mexico. Very even series. Of course, you know, you have to win this game because going back the only time the U.S. has won at the Azteca was on August 15th, 2012 in a friendly 
I remember watching that friendly. I went absolutely batshit bananas when they won because the idea of winning in the Azteca was really great. But yeah, um, really, you got to win this one because I don't think we're going to win at the Azteca. Darby, what are your thoughts going into this? Yeah, I mean, like like I said before, I really think that we're we're capable of winning. We're we're dialing into a really good place despite Burhalter. Um and and Mexico is faltering a little. Um they've they've been on the struggle bus recently and and not playing up to uh levels that they have in the past. So I think that this is a winnable game. And and not only is it possible, it is it is very necessary. Like we're not Agreed. we're not of course going to be completely out if we lose. It's not like a must must win, but for all intents and purposes, it's a you really got to win this. Um, and and we're and and we can. So let's go do that Friday night. Even regardless of the points matter you gotta be mexico like i mean there is one game really two but one game especially that we circle every qualifying cycle and then this is the last one that's really gonna matter so you know because starting with the world cup that we have we won't probably compete in qualifying and then after that we're almost guaranteed a slot because we'll have like six slots going to the World Cup. So really, this game is going to lose a lot of its juice. Um, so the last one, essentially, you got to win. Um, and also, like, it's Mexico in the U.S. Like, fuck them. Like, we need to win. I legitimately want bragging rights. It is... To me, the equivalent of Red Sox Yankees, of Cowboys Eagles, of Cowboys football team, of any NEFC East team, like it is, it is the pinnacle of sports robberies in CONCACAF. Um, so you got to win just for bragging rights, because if I have to hear fucking Mexico fans run their mouth until we play them in the Azteca, I'm going to personally fire Greg Berhalt on myself. Because I don't want to listen to you. Ah, we beat you in Cincinnati. Rah, 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 rah. Like, I would love nothing more than the chant Dosa Zero repeatedly over and over and over for the next three months. It's a hobby. It's a lot of fun. Fingers crossed. Let's do it. So that, of course, is the Mexico match. We also play this cycle at home or sorry, on the road in Jamaica, um, a series that we have won 10 of the last 13 in. So, like, you know, not a official must win, but really a must win. Like, um, even in Jamaica, we've won there before. Uh, in fact, in the last World Cup cycle, I believe we um let me find it here. Yeah, in the last World Cup cycle, we did win there. So and that was in 2013. 
Um, it is not because they, of course, were in the cycle in 2016. So the last time they were in the qualifying, we did win in Jamaica. And if you go as far back as 2012, um, we, of course, I believe, won there as well. Maybe. Doesn't give me a stadium. That's cool. Who cares? Um, But yeah, realistically, you gotta win in Jamaica, especially if it's a loss against Mexico. Um, For the record, the Jamaica has not scored in their last two home matches, and the USA has won the previous four matches against Jamaica. So do with that what you will. One other side note for Mexico, USA is on a 17-game unbeaten streak at home. Yeah. So, to you, Darby, I say. Yeah, it's and I I feel like that the Jamaica game definitely. You know, it, it depends on how Mexico goes on whether or not it's a must must win. But you know, I I I actually I was having a whole conversation with my husband about this earlier about how you are the analysis half of this podcast where you know, you know, facts and figures and 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 you put kind of the analytical data together and I'm always like, but how do the teams feel? though really like i'm definitely the soft science side of things um and and yeah like a a win against mexico is going to give us um the the stamina and the confidence that we need to continue through this world cup qualifying cycle um a, a win against jamaica even in jamaica will be good. It's going to be excellent for our points. It's going to be excellent for our standings. Um, we we will need to win in Jamaica if we lose against Mexico. Um, but I don't see it as from a from a confidence. It's even if we win, it's it's not going to give us the same kind of boost as if we win against Mexico. Uh, so I'm really going to hope for a win against Mexico and then a um, let's try out. You know, like I said before, uh, given some of the folks that this is their first call up, uh, the chance to get out there and 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 get a little bit of playing time uh, for the national team under their belt, um, I think that that's what I would like to see from the Jamaica match. Still, with with a win, that would be great. But um, Mexico's match is going to be the the confidence builder and the stamina builder. Uh, Jamaica is going to be a a confidence builder for for newer players that um that that just need that time playing uh and and if if there's one reason why mexico's a must win just besides everything else that we've talked about it's to make space in our uh standings for some new confidence building in the jamaica match oh for sure um and i agree with your entire analysis of the podcast that's why it works um but yeah, I mean, from a morale standpoint, beating Mexico at home is a humongous boost because it's an actual event that 
the team can say they won. Like beating them in Nations League, okay. Beating them in Gold Cup, a little more impressive. But beating them in a World Cup qualifier, nobody can say, oh, well, we didn't send our A team. Like they're going to want it. We're going to want it. We are about halfway through this thing. That is the huge jolt kicking the ass that they need because realistically, that's it's done in March. That's it. We're close. We're three, four months away from knowing our fate. So going into that top of the table versus going into that like maybe needing to pull out a road win in Costa Rica and Mexico two very different places. So no, I agree from a morale standpoint, like beating Mexico humongous boost really validates the team. Even getting a draw, I think is a moral victory, not as big, but still a victory, a loss, especially a heartbreaking loss that would sting. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's where we're at. All right, Darby, let's get those predictions. USA, Mexico, we are both horrendous at this, but go ahead and give me your thoughts. USA, Mexico. I'm going to say 2-1. USA is going to win 2-1. We're not getting our dosa cero. Um but I, I, I think that I think we're going to miss the shutout, but I think we're still going to get 2-1. I'm hopeful. So I'm going to say I'm really, 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 soccer gods hear me, really hoping for 2-0. But I feel like it's likely 2-1 or a 2-2 draw with Mexico getting a late goal. But 2-0 would make me and Matt's anniversary everything we could have wanted and more. So you fucked me on DC United, soccer gods. So I feel like you owe me on this one. I feel like it's only fair that you give me Dos Acero for USA-Mexico to make up for Nashville's inability to score. I'm not salty. Just saying. I feel like I'm owed some good karma here. There you go. All right. Um, Jamaica? Last Jamaica. What do you got for Jamaica, Darby? Oh, you always make me go first. Um, I know. It's fun to watch you struggle. I'm going to say that's where we're getting our dos acero. I think, you think I so? Think, I think it's 2-0 in Jamaica. Like, really? That's a bold prediction. I don't know why. I I just I I think you've asked so sweetly for that two to zero, <laughs> but it's just gonna miss the mark a little bit. <laughs> I I only want it if it's against Mexico. It's not the same on the road against Jamaica because I'm not there. But yes, um, I'm gonna say one zero USA with like an 85th minute goal. Uh, it's gonna be an ugly grinding game where we play a lot of the younger guys because it's Jamaica because Greg Berhalter thinks he can outsmart everybody. Uh, he's going to do something incredibly stupid with the tactics 
and uh, it'll bite them in the first half, but they'll figure it out because Christian Pulisic will kick the door and be like, fuck this noise. Here's what we're doing. And Greg will be like, eh, okay. Um, so, you know, that's just how I assume things work in, in the locker room for U.S. soccer. Is Greg's like, yeah, sure. Why not? This could work. I mean, I don't know why I'm doing it. You guys want to do this? Sure. Um, so that's basically basically where I think we're at. Yeah, I I feel that. Yeah, he's he's in the back like, fine, we'll try it my way for a while. It doesn't work. We're going to do it your way. And then it works. Basically, Greg Berhalter is the equivalent of like a substitute teacher. They're there and they think they know better than everything. But the classroom just wants to fuck with this guy until they snap. At which point, like the one responsible kid gets up and is like, okay. We've now caused this teacher to have a psychotic breakdown. I obviously know enough of the material. I'll teach today. I'm not saying that was me, but I am saying that it does happen, especially in Latin 4, 5, AP 1, 2, and 3. Just as random examples. Um, just just random, random examples. Falls Church High School. Death. Um, so... Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're getting we're deep. And I'm the one drinking bourbon. That's <laughs> I'm yeah. just saying, Darby. This is look, MLS season is over for us. This is what you have to look forward to for the entire off season. Our conversations like this, you know, switch the pitch unscripted. Like it's gonna be raw and hardcore and legitimately just good stuff um speaking of uh hopefully at some point we'll do an episode on lgbtq community members and soccer so uh stick around for that uh darby closing thoughts on usa um let's let's get it together let's not fuck it up again uh we're we're in a really good place uh but it's not too late to um just completely shit the bed and let's not do that and let's fucking beat Mexico and let's go to Jamaica and give them what for and um, try to re-legitimize the U.S. soccer program for the men as much as you can also shout out to Carly Lloyd definitely never going away just want to remind everybody she's still there so uh, in case you've been living anywhere that isn't on the internet, you might have heard she retired, but she will not let the spotlight go. So I'm sure somehow this will turn into a coronation for her. Anyways, I've been Ultra and uh, Darby has been Darby and Carly Lloyd is still Carly Lloyd. Right. We'll see you guys next look, time. Look for her as the designated captain against Bosnia Herzegovina in December. Designated captain Bosnia Herzegovina. You heard it here first. Marcus, you're gonna come out and be the official, the designated captain, the coach, the goalkeeper, the the capo in the stands. She's gonna do all the things. She's a multifaceted woman. She's she's finally run out the women's games and she's just going to swap over to the men for a while. Listen, you got to get that money, you know, <laughs> clearly. So, <laughs> oh, God, I swear to God. This All is right. Evolving. Anyways, 
before uh before we go and completely run this off the rails we will see you guys next time uh we love you guys we appreciate your support please feel free to tweet us or don't probably don't but you definitely can um and you know we have an email i think but social media so contact at switch the pitch soccer.com we are on Twitter at SwitchThePitch1, same with Instagram. And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say I am at Sunshine on Twitter. At me all you want, if you can spell Sunshine, because it's not standard. Yeah. I'm easy. I'm at DJ Jake Maxwell. Come at me. Share your thoughts. I will gladly read tweets on the air if we get any good ones. I know... Uh, one of our biggest fans, I'm sure, will have something to say, uh, which I'm looking forward to. Um, I'm especially looking forward to this game for that. So remember when I said Mexico fans, I don't want to listen to that for like multiple days. Just win, U.S. Just win, baby, because I want to shove it in people's faces. So we will see you guys next time.